Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. And today I want to speak to you about how Jesus is the life. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is the life. We turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 6. And if you need a Bible, there's one right in front of you. John chapter 14, verse 6. You can grab it, and, and I'd ask you to turn there. And that's going to be our key verse for the day. And uh, I'm going to read to you another story as you, as you get there. John chapter 14, verse 6. Our, our main story today comes from the book of John as well. John chapter 11, and we're going to kind of read through a couple different scriptures together. John 11 verse 1 says this, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Verse 3, so the sisters sent to him, Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Verse 17, when Jesus came to Bethany, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Verse 21. So Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God who is coming into the world. Jesus stood before the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus got up from his own grave and came before Jesus in brand new life. One more verse, John chapter 14, verse 6. And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Lord, right now, we want to know you. We want to receive your way, your truth, and know your life. So, God, I pray as I speak, will you come and will you speak, Holy Spirit? Speak directly to us, God, that we might be forever changed today. Let there be salvations in our midst. In Jesus' name, all God's people said? All God's people said? Amen. Amen. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are friends of Jesus, disciples, followers of Jesus. And um, Lazarus grows ill. They send a message to Jesus asking him to come. But when Jesus arrives, he finds that before he even got the message, Lazarus had died and been put in the tomb. But thanks be to God that even the tomb doesn't stop Jesus. And he reveals himself to Mary and Martha, not just as healer, but he's going to reveal a whole new side of himself as a resurrector. And I want you to know that today, Jesus is coming towards you to offer you resurrection to your body, life to your soul. I'm talking about eternal life. Pressed down, 
shaken together, running over eternal life. Abundant life and life to the fullest. He's offering you authentic, real, powerful, radical, changed life. He's offering you life that is clean and clear and holy, that is fun and is vibrant. He is offering you brand new life. This is the divine offer from God. And you might say, well, well what, is, what is the reason he makes this offer? You have to understand this offer from Jesus is motivated by his love for you. It's because of love that he offers you life. We know that love brings life. All the babies in this room and in the building next door testify to the fact that love brings life. It's the, it's the outgrowth. It's, it's, the, it's the natural occurrence of love that, that there's life. And the Bible tells us in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, should not die, should not end in tragedy, but will have everlasting, say it with me, life. And the question I have for you today, really the choice that you have is, how will you respond to this offer from Jesus? How will you respond to the offer of life? You'll be, you'll be offered many things in life. For some of you, one day you'll receive that offer Go to that school or that scholarship that you hoped for or worked so hard for. For some of you, you'll receive that offer for that dream job that you've been angling for and praying for and working towards. One day you might receive an offer on your home as you move on to a dream home. But can I tell you all those offers? They pale in comparison to the offer that Jesus Christ has for you. He says, I will give my whole life to you and I'll take all of your sin. I'll wash it away. It will be gone, forgotten, as if it never even happened. I'm offering resurrection life. And the question is, how will you respond? Will you, will you receive or reject? Will you allow or will you deny? Will you receive the offering of life because of God's great love for you? Mary and Martha knew about God's love. They knew Jesus enough to know that he absolutely loved them and he loved Lazarus. And so when their brother gets sick, they write a, a letter to Jesus, a message. They send it off. And, and the, the message says, says this, says, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Well, this is, this is a problem. And this is the problem of pain because you have to understand this truth. Martha and Mary understood it, that you can be loved, but still ill. You can be loved, but still sick. Loved, but still struggling. Love, but still addicted. Loved, but still trapped. You can be loved and still be caught in sin. This is, this is the problem of human existence. And the result, the, re, the reality is this is a result of sin. Sickness, illness, brokenness, it's a result of sin. Yeah. It, it, it flows downstream from the original sin of our great forefathers, of Adam and Eve, that when they sinned, they let evil into the world and in all of the chaos, the famine, plagues, 
wars and rumors of wars, corruption, all of that is because we live in a fallen world. And sickness is a result of sin because we live in a fallen world. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The, the, the outgrowth, the, the reality, the result of sin is death. But it goes on. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you have to know this truth that the presence of life's pain does not mean the absence of God's love. You could be ill, but you're still loved. And you are not loved less just because there's illness. This is a lie from the enemy. Please hear me. And the lie from the enemy wants to come and say to you that pain is the proof that God's against you. The lie of the enemy wants to come and say, because you're struggling, because you're stuck, because you're not who you are supposed to be, or because you you're even have sickness in your body, that's, that's proof that, that God's against you. In fact, the enemy will even lie and say, this is payback for who you are, payback for what you've done. And if you're not careful, you'll begin to agree with that way of thinking, and you might even reiterate it over your life. All of this is happening because I didn't do, I shouldn't have. I went there, I knew better, I, 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 I screwed up and I deserve this. And if you're not careful, you'll begin to speak what is, a, what is a powerless lie. You'll give it power with your own words. And you'll think, God, this is God, he's paying me back. He's paying me back. As if God is some cosmic force of karma. That's not Christianity. And that's not Jesus. And that's not the good news. And, and, and more importantly, that's not how God operates. And Mary and Martha, they know that. They say, Lord, he's ill, but you love him. You're for him. He's struggling, but you're with him. And maybe you're going through some pain. Maybe you've gone through a divorce in the past year. Maybe you've lost someone that you love. Maybe a cousin, a brother, sister. Maybe... Maybe you've received a diagnosis and that lie is trying to creep in and trying to say, God is against you. Please hear me. It's not finished. It's not done. You're here on this Sunday morning and I think God brought you here. You say, my aunt brought me here. No, God brought you here. God's using her. And you say, her? God's using her. Trust me, I don't know. Now, God brought you here to hear this truth that he's not finished with you. He's not done with you. If you're still breathing, he's still working. And I guess this story could be that even after you're done breathing, he can still work. Because <laughs> Lazarus comes out of that tomb. He's not done. Do you remember the story about the man born blind? It's in John chapter 9. This man was born blind, and, 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 the, and the disciples, they want to find out whose fault is it. So they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, who sinned? Was it him or his parents? Because, of course, the blindness is payback. Yeah. It's his inheritance. It's something he did, something he deserves. So whose fault is it? And isn't this how we all are? Many times we want to just play the blame game. We're not looking for the solution. We at least want to put the blame on somebody. Whose fault? And Jesus says, I'm not here to find fault. That, that's not what this is about. Even this blindness is going to be used so God's glory is released and displayed on earth. 
God's still working. You know what's powerful about that story? Do you know how he was healed by Jesus? The Bible says he spit in the dirt and made mud, and he took the mud and he placed it on the man's eyes. Well, do you remember how God formed Adam? The Bible says back in the garden, he made man out of dirt. And then he breathed life into the man. And so here's God again. And he's almost, it's almost to me as if he's saying, I'm not finished. Let me go back and let me continue my formation. I formed Adam and I can form this son as well. Let me take from the earth again. I'm not done. Which I don't know if you can see it, but that's the gospel right there. That yes, you and I, we were, we were sick, we were ill. The ultimate sickness is sin. And of course it leads to death. And, and, but, and even in our death, I want you to know God's not done. God says, how about this? I'm going to reach into the dirt again, like I did for Adam, like I did for the man born blind. We were all born spiritually blind. We were all born without help. But God says, I'm going to give my life and I'm going to be buried or as to say, I'm going to reach into the dirt, but after three days, I'm going to come back out again. I'm going to awaken you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to complete you. I'm going to finish the work. It is finished. So are you with me? Please hear me. Pain does not get the final say when the presence of Jesus walks into the room. And the good news is the presence of Jesus is here right now. So if you're struggling, if you're struggling with sickness, maybe sickness in your body, maybe sickness in your mind, maybe sickness in your very soul, I need you to hear this truth. You are still loved and God's not done. God's not done. He's coming for you right now. He's not done. He still has great plans for you. Maybe you're in this place and you're ready to give up. Please hear me. God is coming for you specifically today. And he's given me this message to deliver to you today. And I even feel like there might be someone here that has written a suicide note and say, this is the final day and this is the final, final thing I'm going to do. Please know God has brought you here today so that that might not be the end, but that you might receive his letter to you, which says you are so loved that he gave his life so that you might live, live, live. God says, I'm, I'm going to my friend. I'm going to Lazarus. And, and the disciples say, Jesus, you can't go there. They, last time you were in Jerusalem, in Bethany, they tried to kill you. They tried to stone you to death. Don't you remember? You can't go there. And Jesus says, Lazarus, our friend, is asleep. But I go to awaken him. Well, that's an awesome verse. I hear the inception sound right there. Boom. It's like powerful. I go to awaken him. And the disciples go, they go, well, if he's asleep, like, he'll wake up. They said this, go read it. He'll recover. If he's just asleep, he's good, Jesus. And so Jesus has to say, he's dead. <laughs> Jesus is always going to dumb it down for us. Look, he's dead. And they go, oh, okay. All right. Got it. Got it. And so Jesus says, but but it's a good thing I wasn't there for your sakes because the, gl the glory of God is about to be displayed in his life. Let's go. And Jesus starts to journey towards Lazarus and all the disciples are like, all right. And Thomas, one of the disciples goes, like, all right, guys, let's, let's go with them, I guess, and let's just all go die with them. You know, Thomas is such a consistent downer in the Bible. You know, all right, let's all go. He's like the Eeyore of the disciples. Let's all just go die with them. 
<laughs> but Jesus arrives in Bethany and Martha comes out to meet him. She says these words. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had just been here, this wouldn't have happened. She's kind of saying, Lord, where were you? Have you ever felt like God was so far off during the times you needed him most? She's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. She's wondering, God, where were you? Because if you were here, you could have healed him. But Jesus is about to do more than healing. Let me ask you, is it more difficult for, for God to heal someone or to resurrect someone? Same God, same power. And Jesus is about to reveal that he doesn't just heal, he resurrects. And so, and so you can almost sense that, you can almost sense in the sentence that Martha gets a revelation, like she comes with grief. Lord, where were you? And of course, she's coming out of a home that's grieving, out of a horrible situation, a trial. And all of the people that came, all of the people, they only grieved with her because, of course, they were powerless to do anything. And so she almost brings that grief before Jesus, and she starts speaking out of that place of pain. Lord, where were you? But then it's almost as if she gets in the presence of God, and instantly something begins to rise up in her, like faith. And things begin to change, and you just see like a twist right in the middle of the sentence. She came with grief, but faith rises. And, and, and she says, but, but even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. This is what happens when you come into church on Sunday. You might come from a place of grief, but when you get in the presence of God, when you get amongst the saints, when you get in the singing, when you see the baptism, faith begins to rise and you say, maybe it's not too late. Maybe God's still alive. Maybe his power is real. Maybe, maybe right now, maybe right now, say even now. Come on, say even now. Come on, say even now. Right now. God can do something today. You say, well, maybe when I'm better, maybe when I'm older, maybe when I'm wiser. Right now. You might say, well, the problem's too difficult. Well, death has come. The, the grave is sealed. It's over. I'm here to tell you, even now. I, the, 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 the feeling I get from this phrase, it's like at the beginning of a UFC match. They say, you know, in this corner, we've got death, undefeated, undisputed, never lost a match, taking out every opponent. And now, in this corner, from Nazareth, 33 years old, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Master of the Universe, Conqueror, he's going to face death. And even now... Life can win. It doesn't matter how many times death is won. Paul says, oh, death, where is your sting? Because right now, life has come. Come on, say even now. It's never too late with God. You need to know that truth. It is never, ever, 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 ever too late with God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His truth is eternal. His power is unchanging. If he could do it then, he can do it now. If he could do it there, he can do it here. 
If he could do it for them, he can do it for you right now. And when Jesus shows up, he's never too late. Uh, you might think he's too late, but he, he arrives precisely when he means to. He is never, ever too late. And I would encourage you today, don't you wait. Decide today to trust Jesus. Trust his timing. Trust his strength. Trust the cross. Put your trust in his blood. Receive life because this is what Jesus has for you. Don't wait. Don't, don't say one day. The day is now. The hour is now. Well, you say, well, well, one day I'll serve God. One day I'll have faith. One day when I, when I, you know, when I get my act together, then I'll have faith. Can I tell you? That day will never come. One day when my kids grow up, then, then I'll serve God. One day when I'm older, one day when I'm wiser, one day when I'm better, then, then, then. But God didn't come for then. God came for now. And even now, life can come into your very being. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Because the enemy wants to come and he wants to accuse you he wants to say that you are too far gone, that you are unsalvageable, that you are undeliverable, that you are unsavable, that you are too far gone, that God would never come for you, God would never draw near to you. This is a lie and this is the accusation of the enemy. And he'll wanna drag up all your old sins and throw them in your face. And right now, maybe he's even saying, but not you. you. You're a blasphemer. Not you. You lust. Not you. You're an adulterer. Not you. You're a schemer. Not you. You're a liar. Not you. You're a thief. And, and all those things may be true, but can I tell you a greater truth? That the blood covers a multitude of sins. Right now, salvation is available to you. You are not too far gone. The truth is, even now, if you repent, you will receive brand new life. Lazarus was in a tomb, and yet it was not over because Christ had not yet had the final say. Right now, God wants to save you and deliver you. Do you remember the thief on the cross? I mean, you couldn't get closer to death than him. He was condemned, he was broken, and he was put up on the cross minutes from death, and yet he called out to God. One thief rejected, but the other said, Lord, will you remember me when you enter into paradise? And what did Jesus say? He says, today you will join me in paradise. Today, right now is the hour of salvation. Now is the time of decision. When? Today. Faith in Christ means instant access to salvation. My question is, if you died today, do you have that access to salvation? If you died today, do you know that you know that you would go to heaven? Do you know that you know that Christ would recognize you? But, but if you do not know, if you could not make that decision, if you don't have, we call it the assurance of faith, if you don't have the assurance of salvation, you came to the right church on the right Sunday morning because God has a message for you. You are not too far gone right now. The Bible says in Romans 10, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus shows up to this impossible situation, but Martha responds in faith. 
God, you could do it. And Jesus says to her, he will rise again. Martha responds, she says, I know, I know. I'm the resurrection in the last day. One day, at some point, in some time, I know, I know he'll rise again on that resurrection. But Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live today. Jesus is coming towards you with an offer of life, resurrection for your body, life for your soul, eternal life. We don't have to wait for one day. We don't have to wait to do the right thing. We don't have to wait for a certain blessing. We just need Jesus. And Jesus is more than enough. He comes and says, I am the God that brings, that is, that embodies resurrection and life. And he offers it to us today. And thank God, because we were Lazarus. And right now, some of you are Lazarus, which is to say, you are spiritually dead. Lazarus was cut off. He was trapped. He was in darkness. He was bound up. He couldn't move. He couldn't cry out. He couldn't do any good works. There was absolutely nothing Lazarus could do to get to God. And that's, that's the state of humanity. The distance is too far. When Adam and Eve fell, there was no man getting to God. We needed God to come to man. Jesus had to come to Lazarus. Jesus had to come to humanity. Jesus has to come to you. Because see, sin, what it does is it puts you in darkness. Sin wraps you up, puts you in bondage. Sin puts you in the ground. It traps you. The phrase about sin is it takes you further than you want to go and costs you far more than you want to pay and keeps you there longer than you want to be there. Sin puts you in the ground and says you're done. It's over. But God, in his glorious goodness and grace, comes to you when you could not come to him, when you had nothing to offer. The Bible says your righteousness is like dirty rags before the Lord. You've got nothing to offer. It's not your good, good works that will get you into heaven. It's not, it's not who, you, who you know. It's not your church attendance that will get you into heaven. It's not your Catholic upbringing. It's not the word of a priest or a pastor. None of that can save you. It had to be Jesus who had to come and conquer death itself so that one day you could be raised to life. And the Bible says this in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for you to get better. He didn't wait for you to pray a prayer. He didn't wait for you to do good. He didn't even wait for you to come to church on Easter Sunday. While you still were stuck in that tomb, in that darkness, God says they're worth my whole life. And he demonstrates his love for us in this, that when we were yet sinners, cut off from him, he died for us. God came for us. And this is, this is, this is the gospel. This is the pure and simple gospel. That sin brought death. That was the curse. After, an ad, after Adam and Eve did their own thing and disobeyed God, and before you judge them, understand if it was anyone in that garden, anyone would have disobeyed God. 
And when they did that, they called a curse upon themselves. That curse is called sin. And it leads to death. And it leads to separation between God and man. And they were kicked out of fellowship, relationship with God. And, and for thousands of years, there was no man getting to God. Even though there were priests and there were temples and there was, there was uh, attempts to get to God, the, the distance was too vast. It was a spiritual distance that had to be crossed. And man could not do it. But God, in his goodness and his grace, says, I'll do it. And he steps off his own throne, and he sends his one and only son, born of a virgin, fully God and fully man. And he dwelled among his people, and he lived a perfect, spotless, sinless life. And yet he was bruised for our transgressions. He was punished for our own wickedness. He was rejected by the ones that he came to love, mocked, betrayed. And he was crucified, innocent, yet condemned. And he took our place, and he took our pain, and he took our shame, and he took our sin, all on the cross. And he says, I'll take it upon myself, and I'll offer to you life. And he died. The Bible says he was buried in another man's grave. Your grave my grave, Lazarus's grave. Jesus says, I'll take their place. And for three days, the whole earth waited, buried in the dirt. But will he finish the work? And on the morning of the third day, there was a great earthquake and the angel came and rolled away the stone. And Jesus got up out of the grave, holding in his hands the keys of victory over sin and over death for all of eternity. And the disciples ran and they looked for him in the place of death. But the angel says, he is not in this grave. It is empty. And the promise of that is one day your grave will be empty as well. He is not here. He is risen and you can rise with Christ. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.